All right, welcome back to Soundboard. Uh, I got this idea from a podcast called My First Million. It's a really great podcast. And one of the ideas that they, or one of the podcasts that they do maybe monthly is talk about business ideas that they think that could potentially work. So I pitched this to Jay. She's come up with two. I've come up with two. So we'll start with you first. Yeah, it's really funny because the two we've come up with is so... Like Different, we've, yeah. yeah. and we've, we're in our territories. We like, are in our territory. Yeah, so I have gone in the technology space and I've come up with two sort of complementary ideas, but have stemmed from the same problem. So the biggest problem that I see in businesses that I work with is um, they don't know what to post on social media. They don't know when to post on social media and they don't have the internal resources to be able to create content. Um, so based off that, I've come up with two app ideas. Um, the first one is... <laughs> of course you have. Yeah, of course, I've got, well, of course I have. Um, the first one is um, a social media AI app that tells you what to post and when. So it uses both your um, analytics data and then also the data of your competitors. So like you plug in competitors um, and the types of posts and things like that together with ChatGPT, like give me posts for business that does X. XYZ. Is there um, nothing in the market like this? No. Not, not that I've seen anyway. And it tells you, not that's personalized. You can ask ChatGPT, like give me post ideas for this business, but it doesn't feel like they know you or they know your, your business or competitors or market or anything like that. So it takes that data and then it gives you a posting schedule um, along with captions as well. Oh, yeah. That's uh, exciting. Yep. So that was my first idea. The second idea is very similar, but it's like an AI driven Canva that actually creates the graphic for you. So mm. off the back of the schedule, you would then say, I need a graphic that says this copy um, and plug in your logo and then it spits it out for you. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Mm. They're mine. As, um, so I know Canva's got a lot of chat. Um, AI interactions with it already, but that'll yep. just be a perfect little app for it. Yeah. I don't like we use Canva a lot. Oh, it's like one of my favorite apps, and she's a female founder, isn't she? Yeah, from Melbourne. Mel yeah, Melanie. Billionaire. Yes, there's. I think it's a couple. I'm, I'm not a couple is in like they're in a romantic relationship. I think there's boy girl. Yeah, maybe someone else. Oh, okay. I don't know. I think there might be two. Mm. Melanie Grant. No, Melanie. Yeah, she doesn't. She's pretty low key. Eh? She hides pretty low. Um, yeah. So my my and obviously Jay was just said before like my ones. I was looking at a lot of data uh, probably about a year and a half ago about the trading industry yeah. and 30% of the workers in New South Wales are actually tradies as well. So when I hang out with tradies, they all like to flex, but they can't flex while they're at work. They flex with a brand new truck, tools, motorbikes. Uh, <coughs> a lot of them wear designer when they go out, especially when they go out, they splash a little bit of money. So my one was like, they, I knew they had money there that, that they're willing to spend, but it's almost building like a luxury or a higher end version of tradies clothes at the moment. Because when I done research on the biggest company in Australia, the annual turnover or, or their net worth of their company was actually 500 million. So just people buying very cheap, put together collar shirts, yeah. fluoro shirts, pants. And actually, we actually went into the store one time to check it out. And I was looking at the pricing of all the stuff and it was like $15 for a t-shirt, yeah. $20 for a t-shirt. But if someone could build a higher end version of the trading wear, I think it would really take off and almost build it in like a Birkin style uh, 
Birkenbag style where you can't get it all the time. That's really cool. I like that idea. Because you take away that, like you can't get it all the time. You might have a hoodie that's worth $400, $500, yep. but it's shaped as a Fair of God or Essentials hoodie. You're using a lot better fabrics because a lot of the fabrics they use within the, the tradie wear is actually like poly. So when you sweat, it like sticks to you. Yeah. Or when you wear those little vests, it sticks to you. The shapes are ugly. The, you have to use those colors, obviously. Yep. The shapes are ugly. The fabric's cheap. Um, but I just think a guy who actually runs the business, who's got a bit more money, can flex from those first hours at work. You know what I mean? True. And this guy is most, I'm generalizing, but mostly guys in there. Status signaling is important. Yeah. Showing off to your mates is important. And even if you got it all dirty and stuff, it wouldn't even matter because it's a sign that you've got money. You could also have that, um, the 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 wear and tear as being part of that's cool like that's that's kind of cool too yeah yeah um it's and part the, of the design the guy who owns this building and he's like he's worth i can't even i wouldn't even get like hundreds of millions i reckon and you Is wouldn't even yeah, yeah yeah you wouldn't I even know he's that so nice you wouldn't even know he's got money and that was one of the things he said to me he said a lot of the you could go two ways. You go high end, almost mm. like Fear of God style, or you could go like almost into the active wear range where it's a lot more functional, yeah. which is probably a more scalable business model. But I just kind of think that hiding behind a pay, oh, but behind a password on the website, you're targeting tradies. And when they walk onto the site, they know that's a $500 pair of pants. You should test this with a, a drop. Like it's the workwear drop for YKTR. We're I do, reckon. We're doing, we're doing. Oh, you are? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, we're doing one, but it's just going to be based on our normal blocks and fabrics because we know that works for us. Yeah. But I definitely think someone could do it. Yeah, definitely. I, definitely. I also think it's a really big um, market with not a lot of options. Like I think about Matt, for example, and he kind of wears the same. Like this, this, <laughs> They all wear the same stuff. The same That's my stuff, thing. Yeah, all the time. Not that like he really cares, but there are times where you need to like step out of the factory, meet clients, go on site. You know, he does a lot of like crane signage and stuff like that. And we'll go to like the yard and whatever um, to do the crane signage. And like, you know, you meet and greet there. So I think everything, first impressions, everything. Like showing up in a high vis that's got like, you know, <laughs> yesterday's lunch on it. <laughs> it's not always like the best look. With can of in, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and I, I think um, like when I look at my trading mates, a lot of them are sort of changing. I still love to get on the purse on a Friday. Yeah. Like I think that's a part of their culture. But a lot of them like are running and stuff now and, and um, like working out and going away overseas and doing camps and stuff. I think the whole narrative as a country is changing. Yeah. And if you've got 30% of your demographic who are tradies who are looking to be a little bit more healthy, um, want to feel a little bit better when they go to work, I think yeah. there's, there's something there for sure. I think there's a lot more awareness now around like benefits of health. Like I find that the movement of people trying to be more conscious is just because there's so much available. Like we're starting to understand the benefits of like, you know, meditation, doing ice baths, um, you know, even running's kind of become sort of like a trend, I guess. Like, it's, like, I, I live in Bondi. It's just yeah. like... You got your dodgy run clubs here. I have noticed everywhere. January. It's like pretty, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. a it's a bit of a joke. <laughs> I'm, I'm in there I'm too. I'm all for going. I'm all for kickstarting the new year on the right foot. But it's like it's just so funny how it's actually everyone. Mm. Um, yeah. So that was my first business idea. Yep. So ho hopefully mm -hmm. someone has a crack at that. Do you know what would be cool if someone pitched done ended up doing these in a couple yeah. of years down the line? All right. My second one is and um, same thing with my first million with the podcast. They kind of look at historical businesses and go how can i do this like yep. a little bit better and i had a i met this guy um up in the gold coast and i, I was like oh one. Uh, huh i have another one do you want to just stick to two yeah we can go three after okay let's do it 
um, I met this guy on the Gold Coast and I was like, oh, what do you do for work? And he goes, oh, I own my lawnmowing business. I was like, oh, cool. Didn't think much of it. You know when something's at the front of your brain and it seems to pop up everywhere? I was listening to the, that podcast and they talk about a window servicing window cleaning service business in Texas and yep. it slowly started to take off because the founder took a boring industry that was a little bit lame, like not that exciting and spruced it up with branding. They called yeah, it like yeah. Pink's window service. Yep. Or, and they've got really cool merch. It's really thought out with their photo shoots. But off the back of that, it can build out into a franchise model. Yep. So I heard that and then I heard this other lady talk about lawn mowing. Great thing about a lawn mowing business is one, you're saving the person time. If I had a house, I probably wouldn't mow my lawn. I'm a little bit lazy. Yeah. Um, um, but it's recurring revenue. You yep. need something to, someone to come back over and do it again, and you're saving time. And you could have a little play one with the with the merch. Like you could have like be fun and light and cheeky. Have key keywords at the back or shit like that. But I think when I ask myself the question of like who's got market share right now, the only person I could think of was was Jim's Jim's mowing. You guys and, um, should follow him on Instagram if you. If you get an opportunity to, he's just, he's a really great entrepreneur. I, I follow him as well. I'm trying Is he to like 70 or something? He's, yeah. He's, he's old. Yeah. He's, um, he's a lot, he's a lot older, but, um, yeah. And he puts like really good content out there. But so I go a little bit of a nerd, jump onto his website, see how much it costs to franchise out a certain area. Obviously it depends what area mm-hmm. you're in, but his business model was like, you have to pay like 50 to 70 K to get in. Mm-hmm. I'm not too sure what they get you. Is, is that like a truck and a mower? But all it Probably is- Probably the territory as well. Yeah, get think? the territory. But yeah. all it is, is like a building out a CRM system to get yeah. all the leads. Yeah. So he'll go, all right, you can have Bondi and we're going to give you 30 yeah. lawns straight away. Yeah. And then you can pay- um, us back through a monthly retainer, yeah. but it's at a fixed price. Yeah, so it's like a 50 70k entrance point, might be 30 if you're out in like Central Those business Coast. Models are good. It's like um, F45 model type F- thing. F45, yeah. it's monthly recurring revenue, yeah. it's a it's lead generator, they lead leverage generate, off the brand, leverage off the brand. But I think if someone took that business model, made it like a little bit cheaper and made it like a little bit cooler. If you had 1% of his business, which is worth $500 million, yeah. you could have a $5 million business yeah. pretty quickly. So true. And my friend lives on the Gold Coast. So I'm like, bro, dominate this suburb first yeah. and then try and get the next one. You hire one person. And then yeah. once you can build out that CRM system of um, generating leads and the great way to get leads, in, in my opinion, is if you're in your day off, there's a guy on TikTok and he goes to people's houses. Yeah. And he's and like, mostly lawn. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that'll be your lead generation. Yep. And if you stole the branding of the Pink's, um, if, of the Pink's window cleaning place and you're always wearing a Pink's. And yeah. you're the one that stands out as well. Or you call it like flamingo mowing or something like that, where yep. it's something that sticks out. Yeah. When the truck's driving around, you can see that pink color. Like, You've got the dress shirt on. It's like that classic Winston with a Y. Like you don't ever forget, the, you know, the blind company? No. Oh, it was, do you remember it? Yeah. So they, they, it's called Winston with a Y because it's literally Winston spelled with a Y. And I feel like because of that, Hammer, they've hammered that home so much you just like when i think of blinds i think of winston with a y you know and it's and, the one that stands out um and i think that'd be a great way to like if you don't have lead gen it'd be a great way to sort of get lead generation mm. especially through tiktok and then you could even and i've thought about this a lot you could even expand it out to my girlfriend's nephew when his dad mows the lawn he follows him behind him with a little plastic lawn behind that too so you could really tap into the like almost even have toys or yep. if they have a year service with you and they've got kids you can provide toys but i've built out a three-tier business subscription model have a basic and all the way up to a premium but with the premium one a lot of guys like to have a bear after they've done some work you can mow the lawns and 
leave a six pack of beer oh, there. Oh, that's such a good and idea. And do a brand collaboration that. with that with like, I don't know. We should coach my dad to do this. He's got a little mowing business that it's oh, not. He? Yeah, he does it on the side of um, of his job, but he just does a couple of houses in the street. It's called Nice to Mow You. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I love that. that, that could have, shout out to Nice to Mow You. <laughs> yeah. But do you think it's a good idea? Yeah, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's really good. And I think a lot of people get caught up in like trying to, we talked about this before and trying to start the new business idea that's sexy and and you're going to get the big upside for that if you can nail it, especially in the tech space. But I think if you're not, too tech savvy or business savvy. Look at the things that have worked. Look, look at the things that have worked. Look yeah. at something that people need every single day. Yeah. That's a big one. And, and also, how do you make it cooler? And also um, the UK and especially America, UK and America are always ahead of us in some in some way. So usually it goes US and then they'll start something in the UK and then we can typically follow after that and assume that because it's worked really well in the UK, it'll work in Australia yeah, as we well. Are behind, aren't we? So we are. So we've got that advantage. That's an advantage, you know. Mm. So look at what's what's worked um, offshore and, and we can replicate it. And how many lawns are there? Yeah, so true. <laughs> and lawns are very important to the Aussie family. Yeah, and, and that's the way you could market it. Like um, obviously when you've got to clean, it's like having a clean car. You, yeah. could, you could sell the feeling of having yeah. a mowed lawn. Yeah. The smell true. Of, of mowed lawns is like something people yeah. love so yeah uh, I, I don't know i thought it was interesting yeah i thought that was, that's a really good idea yeah really good idea what's your last one um my last one is off the back of what you said in terms of like looking at what's worked where the problems are um two companies that have done fantastic in this space um, skims and spanks so this is shapewear for women yep. it is a massive thing like Did they have the built-in nipple into yeah yeah awesome? yeah that was one of her designs that she did um but skims have gone fantastic they've they've gone so well they started originally as shapewear but they've kind of developed now into like different lines of like pajamas lingerie um you know just loungewear things like Stuff that you need every day, isn't but it? not narrowed in like what spanks did on just shapewear alone but taking those two concepts uh shapewear in australia that is um, affordable um, and also for the curvier woman to accentuate smaller waist, you know, hourglass kind of figure yep. vibes. So it'll suck in like technology to suck in on the waist and then leave it, that. How does it say sucked in? Well, it's just tighter there. Like oh, okay. if you ever feel... Is it hard to breathe and stuff? Uh, depends on the shapewear. I've worn Spanx before and it's... She's tight, but you, but is it's breathable. But I feel like if you were really specific about the tightness, like it was extra tight around the waist, and then not as like around the hips, I think you could create shapes in the shapewear. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. And I, and the market is massive, and I can't say, do you reckon Tash? Like, there's not there's not a lot of brands that just do it. Yeah, Kmart, no good, and then uh, Spanx is really the only other one that I can think of. But yeah, shapewear is a massive thing. Yeah. Like, and it's a, it's kind of like a saying for women as well. They're like, you know, oh yeah. And then once I put my spanks with it, you know, like it's it's like a thing. It's an accessory. <laughs> and it's moving towards more of an inclusive yeah base, isn't it? Definitely. Which is, um, do you see that guy from Lumen? A little bit off topic, but that guy from Lululemon who used to found it. And yes, he goes, I saw that. He goes, yeah. we don't want to be for everyone. Yeah. And say, I don't actually mind that statement. And I know. I think if I you own a triangle. business, I think if you own a business. It, you can make sense of that statement. Yeah. Whether you agree or disagree, that's neither here nor there. But it's like if you're a business owner, you can make sense of what he was saying. Didn't Triangle have a similar scenario back in the day? They're like, oh, where's all your plus size models? And they're just like, oh, we just, this is what we do and this is what we make. Yeah, exactly. But then it creates a market for like the plus size And then stuff they're too. marketing as well because like, 
you market to who you want to attract. So if you see inclusive brands, you know, marketing with all different like shapes and sizes and stuff, then that clearly indicates like we are for everyone. But yeah, for sure. Not every brand is is for everyone. The same way that there are, you know, um, brands that cater to, you know, smaller sizes, there's also specifically plus size brands too, that if you're not in that size range, you, you can't shop there. So yeah. it's like, you know, you, you don't need to be for everyone. You can also just be for your... I remember when I first got into clothing, I read about Nike and they didn't go over XL and it was just like... Well, have you even seen the be models positioned. now, the, the mannequins and stuff? Yeah. Change shape, which... Oh, for sure. I think that's really cool because to be totally honest with you, like... I, as you know, I've just gone through like little weight loss journey, which um, has put me in like a, a smaller, petite, more petite category. But previous to that, I've pretty much spent most of my life being like solid, like mm. not not fat, not skinny, just solid. But I think the media models, um, you know, marketing and things like that made me feel fat in younger years. You know, there was, I saw a TikTok the other day about why women – feel that they were overweight back when we were, you know, teenagers and it was showing like the covers of all the magazines and stuff back then. And we had like, we were looking up to like Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton, like uh, Lindsay Lohan, like they were all like so, so tiny, um, unrealistic. And the same goes with like mannequins and models. Like you look at these mannequins sometimes and waist is like yay big, like it's tiny. Um, So it's good that they're starting to, it's not even about having like mannequins that are unrealistic. It's just more realistic. Yeah, for sure. Um, and you see girls like a lot of them, obviously Kim Kardashian was a big, about yeah. girls getting booties and stuff like that, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? So, yeah. No, it's been good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, is that it? Yeah. Do you have any, do you have another one or are you? you oh, I've got a couple, but I want to do good. some more research we'll on them. So, yeah, okay. so I want to be factually correct when, okay. I, All right. when I drop it. Okay. All right. Tune in for our next one. Yeah. I enjoyed that. Yeah, it was good. It was good.